Hello and welcome to Sounds Like a Plan, a podcast about how the music world is taking action in the climate crisis. We should introduce ourselves. I'm Greg Cochran, a journalist and podcaster. And I'm Faye Milton from the band Savages and co-founder of Music Declares Emergency, a collective of musicians and music industry coming together to fight climate change. And this is the very first episode, so thank you for joining us. In this series, we are going to be speaking to people from across music. We've got lots of amazing and inspiring guests lined up. We start a little bit closer to home, though, on episode one. I'm going to be speaking to you, Faye, my co-host, to hear all about your experience of being both a musician and climate activist. That's right. And we'll also explain all about what you can expect from Sounds Like a Plan in the coming weeks and hopefully leave you with some inspiration with a few recommendations of our own. Should we get into it, Faye? Let's do it. So here we are, Faye. This is episode one. And it sounds exciting to say that because you and I have been working on this podcast for a few months. Are you looking forward to getting started? Yeah, I absolutely am. And it's been really interesting to talk to everyone throughout this time. And I feel like we've made some really interesting friends and connections. And it's great to be able to share them with everyone and share those conversations. Yeah, yeah. So over the next eight weeks, the next eight episodes, we are going to be sharing some brilliant guest conversations. Uh, More on that in a sec, because on this one, episode one is a little bit different in my in my head. I've been describing it as the prologue, as if it was a (laughs) Star Wars movie or something. Um, That's because hopefully it will give you all the background that you need to enjoy the series and understand where we're coming from and why we're doing this. So that's why we started with you, Faye, my Mm co-host. You are the headline interview this time. And I can't think of anybody better positioned to talk about their experience of being immersed in both music and climate action um first up we should explain how everything is normally going to be working on sounds like a plan each episode Faye and i are going to be talking a little bit about what's happening in the colliding worlds of music and climate we're going to be welcoming on a guest in conversation and we're also going to be leaving you with some recommendations so hopefully turn you on to some things that you might want to go away and check out on the subject of guests we've got some fantastic people lined up um we started with a list of uh, of those that we wanted to have on in the podcast and we're fortunate that lots of them came back and said yes so we've got a real wide variety of people from across the music community different roles jobs generations backgrounds and experience so in the coming weeks what we've got um, we've got ed o'brien from the band radiohead who i don't think need any introduction we've got chiara badiali from julie's bicycle jamie oban who is the boss of dirty hit records and the manager of the 1975 heidi lempfer from the band cloud control and founder of future energy artists can be you who is a uk rapper and conservationist and melvin ben who is the boss of some of the uk's best known festivals and also the man responsible for the climate policy of one of the world's biggest concert promoters so so much to get into faye we'll be talking about those conversations in the relevant episodes that they're part of but generally speaking i think that we've both learned a lot from speaking to these people do you think yeah absolutely i mean it's Right all the way through from hearing about the sort of really emotional encounter of the 1975 meeting Greta Thunberg and how that all went and how magical and sort of almost mystical that event was right through to um, I was so inspired by Can Be You is just I want to get out and be a conservationist now it just sounds really enjoyable and also speaking to Melvin Benn amazing someone with that much power who is also so down to earth and just so willing to use their power for good so it was really some really interesting conversations yeah and i've got a simple but sort of huge question to start here on episode one why do you think it's timely that we're um making a podcast about music and climate action right now in spring of 2021 why does it feel like a good time for that it's a good time for it because One of the things that is going to bring about change is culture changing and culture leading change. Culture has always led change. Obviously, there's there's a kind of obvious examples of, you know, Bob Dylan singing about the Vietnam War, etc, etc. But it's more subtle than that. And it's more all encompassing than that. Where culture goes, sort of politics has to follow, really, because that's where people's hearts and minds, such a cliche, but that's the direction people's interests are going in. It has to not be underestimated. This year is incredibly important 
because we are hosting the COP26 UN climate negotiations in Glasgow in November. And for those of you who aren't aware of what that means, it's the time when all the countries get together to actually make decisions on what's going to happen and how we're going to stop runaway climate change and ecological sort of degradation, etc. And it's really important this year because after covid there's all of this money being poured back into the economy and economies all around the world for the recovery and as a shorthand if that gets put into green recovery then we're sorted and if it doesn't then we're absolutely screwed so it's that kind of pivotal moment it's obviously more complex than that but it's it kind of also isn't it it really is about putting all of that investment back into you know renewable energy sort of research and development into green technologies etc and that's the best thing that governments can be doing this year in this particularly pivotal moment and really a kind of golden opportunity because we have to invest money in something so we can invest it in positive green recovery green jobs things that will make a really sort of better future for everyone i sound so cheesy when i say better future i mean like one where we all don't burn in hell (laughs) basically (laughs) one where we're not heading towards the apocalypse so yeah that's that's the subtext of me saying better future but yeah it's it is a really important year and music can play a massive role in that It, it doesn't have to be singing songs about climate change but it can be just using that sort of huge swell of energy that music creates to push in a good direction definitely yeah we're we're at the start of a absolutely crucial decade where so much action is needing there is nothing more urgent that's why we're we want to to share this with people now and and you're totally right music has a huge sway it has a rich history of community action on all sorts of different subjects including the climate and we've seen it in the past 12 months you mentioned that the p word the pandemic um (laughs) we've seen um we've seen cultural and sporting icons that have, that have managed to create systemic change i'm thinking of people like marcus rashford that have mm. managed to, to apply pressure to make concrete change and so like it can happen that's why music speaking about this subject is, is really really important and also you mentioned it as well the pandemic has kind of paused everything and therefore maybe this is a reset moment music included where people have had a chance to think about what the next steps look like how can they be more proactive on this subject so hopefully we're creating a space where people can come on and share their ideas as a listener there's a few things that we want you to know this podcast is for anyone so whether you're a music fan or if you have a huge interest in climate or maybe just you're just starting out on that subject we welcome everyone there are obviously amazing podcasts out there hosted by brilliant climate scientists and experts and we'll certainly be talking about some of those at some point but this is different from that i think we want to be accessible whatever level of knowledge you have because it is a vast subject and speaking personally there are holes in my knowledge and gaps in my knowledge everywhere and we want to be open about that and it's kind of like learning on the job i feel like we've been teaching ourselves as we go along a bit Faye. is that fair Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, I've I started Music Declares Emergency, so I've obviously been doing this for a couple of years. So I'm a little bit further down the route. But really, I started with no scientific knowledge, particularly nothing, you know, started from scratch a couple of years ago. But Greg, what's what's brought you into this space? Because the podcast is your um, brainchild, let's call it. And um, I'm really yeah. intrigued to know what was the moment that made you think, okay, I need to do something about music and climate. So I am a music journalist. Um, if you ask me in the pub, that's what I would say I am anyway. <laughs> um, but I've had an interest in the climate for about the last five years or so, um, or a growing interest in the climate crisis. And it was actually music that was responsible for the turning point uh, of getting me into it i can pinpoint like the exact moment a very kind of like vivid memory um i got the i was really fortunate to have the opportunity to go and interview the artist anoni um she formerly made music under the name anthony and the johnsons and around the release of her 2016 album hopelessness and the release of an amazing track that um, some of you will know called four degrees uh, i got to go and speak with her i was just floored by what what she had to say and and, and it altered my mind forever really um I, I left the interview with just such a mixture of feelings I, I one was that i thought i had a great angle for this <laughs> cover feature that i was writing for a magazine um but it really was the sort of gateway to me thinking about 
or understanding climate and the role that music can play in that um, I was really sort of appalled with myself that I didn't know much about the subject but also quite empowered by wanting to go out there and do something and and Anoni herself was really rageful and articulate and funny and it, it was just this really sort of big wake up moment for me and so after that started taking steps in my own life to be more sustainable I attended the the marches and, and the protests in um, in 2019 and and felt really really um uh, passionate about that and so my interest has sort of gathered pace at the same time in climate and in music i also host another podcast called midnight chats and that's a podcast where we speak to artists and i found myself more and more frequently turning the conversation to green issues and i found that artists wanted to talk about it they wanted to act and so here we are this is a podcast where we talk to musicians about the climate action so that's where it's all come from in a nutshell i suppose Brilliant. And, and that's point in hand of how powerful music can be in, mm. in sort of communicating this message. It was a musician, not a scientist, not a BBC documentary, not a news report or a Guardian article. It mm. was a musician talking to you about why this is important to them. And it is, it's using that sort of huge charisma and sort of soul power, let's call it, that, that musicians that we love have and using that to com communicate right right deep into your soul and and sort of put that information there so you can't it's a sort of one-way street really you can't you can't go back to not worrying about climate <laughs> i mean hopefully one day we will once we fixed it all right yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but you've literally put it perfectly there about the, the spot that we're trying to explore in terms of music and climate coming together before we get into the the conversation that you and i have had together Faye, about your history in um, in music and climate action just a few other things just to let listeners know we are going to be deliberately keeping things fairly kind of upbeat and positive on the podcast but i think that in episode one it is also important to mention that that doesn't belie our feelings on the situation this is very very serious uh, we are in the middle of a crisis that is deadly and it's scary and it reaches into pretty much every corner of our lives and our existence and the forecasts with little or no action are really catastrophic so um mm. I suppose I just want to say that the podcast is called Sounds Like a Plan. It's a nod to people being proactive and rolling up their sleeves and getting involved. And, and we feel positive about that. But we also understand the sort of dire situation that we're in. But I guess we believe that there must be a way out of it. Otherwise, we, um, we wouldn't be here, would we? No, no. I mean, I'm a huge optimist and I think you have to be to work in this space because the numbers are pretty dire as you said and and it is a scary situation but that said I mean maybe I'm getting a bit deep here you know we all we all as humans live every day of our lives knowing that one day our lives will end and it's it's almost in a way it's like you can't you have to feed yourself every day and sleep and do all the things that keep yourself alive whilst always knowing that there's this sort of scary thing as well and I think that's the same with climate change it's it's so hard to think about because it's so apocalyptic it's a an extinction event we may go extinct as as a species or even more scary most people might go extinct and it would just be like jeff bezos and his family left that's my <laughs> worst fear in the bezos but, um, bunker <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so that's something that we're sort of trying to hold in this space but also it's like sitting around being terrified about that is it's okay do that for a minute mm. but then it's like about the work that you do to stop that from becoming the case. Absolutely. A couple of practical podcastings. Um, wherever you're listening to this, by the way, this is episode one. Please do follow wherever you're uh, listening to this. Um, that means that you will get all episodes of the podcast. So every time we release a new episode, it will just drop into your uh, podcast library. Follow us on Instagram. We've set one of those up. We're going to be posting some clips and photos and news there. We are Sounds Like a Plan podcast. And you can DM us if you want to get in touch as well or email us if you prefer to send us a longer note. We are Sounds Like a Plan podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear what you make of uh, the podcast as we go along and um, nothing would make us happier than to build a community around the podcast so please do get in touch Faye should we get into the conversation that we recorded together let's do it let's do the deep dive a deep dive into me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cool let's get into it then this is episode one of sounds like a plan with our guest and also our co-host Faye Milton 
Faye, we are starting with a bit of a role reversal. So mm. normally you're going to be with me on this side of the microphone asking the questions of our guests. But mm. it feels like the right place to start to find out a little bit more about you and your work in climate and everything that you do with Music Declares Emergency. I'm interested to know that the expression that often comes up when talking to people about their interest in this area, their interest in climate, is that of some kind of wake-up call or some kind of penny drop moment mm. that, that that sort of time when people have this realization that they want to take more action so i wanted just to start by asking if you had one of those and what it was yes the grand reveal that we're all fucked basically yeah exactly exactly <laughs> you put it so um, much more eloquently than me <laughs> and it does feel like that actually it does feel like this sort of curtains pulled back and you're like no oh my goodness what's going on and for me, that was, I read This Changes Everything by Naomi Klein. Mm -hmm. And it took me a couple of months to read because it's quite heavy going and I battled through it. But it's incredibly well written and well researched, but it just explains very clearly and very carefully what an absolute dire situation we were in for climate. I was aware of it, obviously I was interested and aware of it before then, which is why I picked up the book. But it was really sort of reading that and understanding how close to extinction most of the animal and sort of human life on our planet is that that made me think okay i can't unknow that knowledge you can't unlearn it so you can't go backwards the only way is to choose how to go forwards and that's either you do something to act on it or you just live with that as an anxiety mm. so i did a bit of both for a while had the, all of the climate anxiety and i remember being at parties i remember halfway through a, a gig and i was at the bar with someone and i was like we're all going to die just trying to get it into people's heads of like this is a real problem and and finding it really being kind of met with some blank faces and mm. um yeah so that was sort of the awkward the awkward phase yeah yeah and then obviously if you start to think about things start to talk about things you find other people who are interested in talking about it as well and that those kind of things snowball in a way and then you suddenly find yourself surrounded by people who are all caring about the same thing because that's sort of how how it works in in life you pull in the people that you need around you i think you've kind of answered it there but how did you go from somebody who was interested in the subject interested in climate to then forming music declares emergency so i mean there's, there's quite a sort of leap between those two things so how did you make that journey one of the things is that when i was touring with savages is that although you're on the road all the time you you are busy all the time there's actually quite a lot of space and time to actually read think about things delve into things that maybe when you're working flat out full time you don't get the chance to do so before that maybe i just didn't really have the mental capacity to look into things more and it is a bit of a luxury having that time and space to sort of delve a bit deeper into interests i guess which is sort of weird word for impending apocalypse <laughs> but i guess i was mildly interested in the apocalypse we're heading towards so yeah that that sort of gave me the time to think about it and from that i whilst we were on tour mainly in the states but i did some around europe and the uk as well i started finding interesting people in the places we're in and interviewing them mm -hmm. about climate change with the idea to make um a video series of interviews which i made because before i was in the band i used to make video content so yeah i did i interviewed all these random people really in a way not random but i was it was sort of quite sporadic and i was making it up as i went along I, I, we managed to get into nasa and i spoke to someone from nasa which is amazing i spoke to tom morello from rage against the machine I spoke to a, a rabbi in St. Louis. I spoke to a, an imam in Birmingham in the UK. And I just wanted to get lots of different perspectives from people. So that was, uh, yeah, just really just a project I did myself. And from there, I think people saw, like I was saying before, people see that you're interested in that and then they ask you to do something. And then you sort of end up in the circle of people who are all thinking, okay, let's do something about climate. And then I joined a book club. I sound mm -hmm. like such a mega nerd. <laughs> Everyone loves a book club. Come on. <laughs> I'm here to defend book clubs. <laughs> I joined a book club with um, five other people. And we started, it was when Donald Trump gained power. And mm -hmm. there was this reading list called 
dry your eyes and organize we started reading these books it was just a reading list about all of these different topics it wasn't about climate change at all really it was sort of about racism about um, queer theory about sort of collectivism all these different areas we'd sort of got to the end of the reading list and then people from the group all started forming different parts of extinction rebellion one of the mm. girls in the group was one of the founder members and then i joined in and started making video of Extinction Rebellion and then another friend Tamsin formed sort of another part reaching out to celebs and famous people to get them involved etc and Alice did the design for some of it and Kay started Culture Declares Emergency and um, so we all became these different parts of the Extinction Rebellion movement and suddenly all these people coming together and you just found your tribe in a way mm. it was like okay there's loads of people who've had this individual anxiety mm. sat at home reading things on the internet getting terrified and just looking at the people around and thinking why isn't anyone excited about it or like frightened about this and suddenly you've got all of these people come together saying okay we're all frightened about this let's do something so yeah I was part of that part of sort of getting some of the first things off the ground for that which I feel was a really useful thing to do at the time and um from there, <laughs> it's like it's well, such it sounds, a long it's, story. Yeah, but it's it's amazing that I mean, it formed as a reaction to a dire situation. Obviously, through through the filter of a book club, mm. which is fantastic, as like you know, everyone loves a book club. And also, yeah. it sounds like all the members, all those people that came together there, have made an incredible difference the last few years. That's a piece of special history right there. Um, so, sort of from that point onwards. How did you go about starting Music Declares Emergency and what was your vision for it in those very early days? Because what year are we talking about here as well? 2019. So I think uh, XR formed in 2018. Mm -hmm. And that's when sort of Greta came along to the first thing. She wasn't even famous yet. I remember I weirdly sort of got stuck talking to her and it was really awkward because she's this really intense, beautiful, amazing, heroic yeah. person. But doesn't do um, small talk, isn't it? Doesn't isn't do small talk. At all. Yeah. Absolutely doesn't Fair do enough. small talk. That was, I guess, November 2018. Then round to 2019, there was going to be the first sort of big rebellion. Mm -hmm. And I'd been working really, really hard with XR, just sort of getting video content out, trying to, we were doing Google ads and stuff like that, trying to just get beyond the kind of echo chamber of people who were already interested. Mm. But then for the week that that was happening, I was on tour with Let's Eat Grandma, who I love. Mm -hmm. Yo, shout out Let's Eat Grandma. Brilliant band. And um, we went to Coachella for the week, which is amazing. I mean, that's like a, the dream gig to go and play Coachella. And there's two weekends. So it's sort of the first weekend and you sort of spend a week sitting around in LA, not doing much. And then the second weekend, you go back and play the festival again. Mm -hmm. So that was the week that we were away doing that. And I was on all of the WhatsApp groups for Extinction Rebellion and I was sort of there at Coachella looking around thinking, this isn't really where it's at right now. Like obviously I was having a lovely time with the girls and, and playing it, the shows which were really powerful and beautiful shows, but it just felt really strange that there was this very plastic, very kind of commercial music festival going on and that's music's where culture is where like the cutting edge is supposed to be mm. and then I'm looking at all of these images coming through on my phone and my laptop of just people creating this incredible scene this incredible sort of loving kind pushing boundaries really pushing things forward putting their um liberty on the line but even if not the people getting arrested just the people doing creative things around it and the organization that went into making it happen it felt like music isn't in the right place mm, if out, uh, at odds with what was going on yeah absolutely this is weird <laughs> and there was also a moment in that first rebellion where um massive attack came and played as mm -hmm. if they just popped up and, and played and I, I wasn't even there I was, I was away but the the atmosphere looked incredible and you could just feel how music's power music has the power to just really draw people into the emotion of a situation and really um bring joy to those situations because it's you know we might be fighting against stuff for the rest of our lives we might as well make it fun and enjoyable so um yeah so I got back and went to, it was like the last day of the rebellion I was like I made it I made it back and I could see everyone and um 
yeah and my friend Kay from the book club aforementioned was there and she told me all about culture declares emergency where all of loads of um creative institutions theaters they got them all together to declare a climate and ecological emergency mm-hmm. and instantly i was like okay music declares emergency has to exist and yeah i don't know it's one of those weird times where you don't know what how it happens but everyone who's part of our group now two years ago ish all of those people just sort of suddenly appeared out of the woodwork one of them um, Tom, who works at Warner, he just wandered into the building when we were having our first meeting, thinking, I'm interested in getting involved in Extinction Rebellion. They're like, oh, there's a there's a group over there doing a music thing. You should go and join right. them. So he wandered in. And it's this weird sort of serendipitous coming together of just the right people, really. And we're we're all still, you know, we're all still there meeting all the time on Zoom, not yeah. in real life, of course. In the simplest possible terms, then, what is Music Declares Emergency and what is the mission of it? The core of it is a declaration. So the declaration is, first of all, it's calling on governments and media institutions to tell the truth about the climate and ecological emergency. Second of all, it's calling on governments to aim for net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 which is sort of way ahead of the very last minute thing that's sort of aiming for at the moment third is sort of recognizing the injustices in our society that have led to the climate and ecological emergency and then lastly recognizing the impact of the music industry acknowledging it and committing to working on sort of improving it basically just continuing to just push away push away and push on sorry and improve it so that's at the core and that's where we started and the the starting point was to get as many as much as the music industry as we could to sign up to it so we just sort of did this big push all of our contacts everyone we knew we're also working with a charity called julie's bicycle who've been doing greening the industry stuff for about 12 13 years ish and so they had a lot of contacts and we just sort of hit everyone up and said look sign this and I think there was such momentum because of the Extinction Rebellion because of Greta because of David Attenborough all of the stuff that was going on also the fires raging everywhere the floods Mm. you know it's just all of it comes together and the penny was dropping for everyone that this is a real emergency yeah and we launched we we managed to somehow get all of the major labels on board like most of the indie labels huge artists we've got obviously like the, the usual suspects like Radiohead and uh, 1975 and Billie Eilish, who were sort of well known to really support climate missions, but loads and loads of other artists as well, um, right down to grassroots artists. So, yeah, it was this sort of big push to get everyone to just say, OK, there's an emergency. Let's do something about it. That was sort of part one. And then it's like, right, well, what are we going to do about it? So it's kind of uncovering and unfurling what is the problem? Where does the problem lie? Where is, what are the solutions? So one of the things that we've realized is that although the industry can incrementally and bit by bit through all of this quite boring stuff, get greener, Hmm. you know, sort of manufacturing methods and haulage and that's all a process of that happening. And we, we want to help that along, but there's a lot of people kind of working on that. And that's one thing that artists actually aren't that much in control of they mm-hmm. you know as an artist you can only control so much you you can't really decide how your gear is taken from a to b you know mm-hmm. there's so many decisions to be made there's so many people involved what we sort of realized was that the most powerful thing especially in this particular point in time is for artists to use their voices and their platforms to speak out on the climate and ecological emergency and crisis and apocalypse, whatever you want to call it. Mainly because what's needed is mass public pressure for governments to make the changes that we need. Without governments changing things, there's nothing individuals can really do to fix it. It's, it really has to be that sort of mass level shifts in, in laws and policies and all of the things that, that guide how the infrastructure of countries and systems are run. So... Yeah, so that's one of our our big campaigns is No Music on a Dead Planet. So it's just sort of getting that message out in a way that isn't preachy. It isn't 
it's just acknowledging it. It's like, we love music. There's a lot of people, it seems, that think that humans deserve to be wiped out because of climate change. And I understand that. You know, sometimes we feel like it's our fault and we've done this to ourselves and this kind of, the, the problem's too complicated. I can't deal with it. We're all going to go. It's all, uh, it's a nightmare. It's going to happen anyway. But it's, when you think about all of the amazing things that humans have done, like all the music of John Coltrane and Mozart and... I was going to say the Beatles. I don't even particularly like the Beatles, but you know what I mean? Like pick your favorite artist. Yeah. Madonna. Let's say Madonna. Um, and all of that amazing, beautiful creation that humans have made. It's like, that's what we want to protect. You can hate humans all you want, but our music, all the things we love, that's what's at stake. And it really is. So that's our key message. But obviously we want to make, bring loads of positivity to it as well because there are loads of solutions and there's loads of positive ways to go forward so it's it's largely sort of getting the message out and working within the industry to coordinate all of that stuff yeah and what you've just described there how do you think that has moved on in the past couple of years now that we're in 2021 do you feel like more artists have found their voice on this subject yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the key things that we wanted from um, launching Music Declares Emergency was it's really hard for artists to speak out individually on climate because of what the job entails, flying around the world. That's just how it is if you're an artist of a certain level. So it, it is really going out on the limb and there's all of these people, they, people love calling people hypocrites and shouting down and like, oh, you're not perfect, so you can't speak. But what we're trying to do is bring everyone together to say, mm. look, let's all say it together. Safety in numbers. You don't have to be perfect to speak out on climate. Like yeah. that's, it's nobody's fault that the system is rigged in the wrong way. It's nobody's fault. It's not a problem. We've made huge progressions as a human race. It, we're just on a bit of a bad trajectory at the moment. We do need to shift it. That's not one person's issue. So it's speaking out together and the attitude around it has changed so much in the last couple of years. It's gone from, as I was saying, being at parties and trying to speak to people about it and just hearing these sort of blank face, hearing a blank face, seeing a blank face <laughs> and um, hearing the silence, the deathly silence. Um, but now it just feels like it's weird if, you, if you're not concerned about it. I mean, nobody's not concerned about it. There's mm. been all this amazing research recently. It's all across the population, all demographics, all different kinds of people, everyone's anxious and wanting action on climate and that's global as well that's worldwide there's been really interesting research by the un on that so it feels like in the last couple of years that that has really sort of shifted yeah and what does a typical day working on music declares emergency look like now <laughs> what kind of things are you doing well i run the socials so i always get dragged into just staring at my timeline feed for a while because i have to have them on my phone and i'm yeah. like oh i'll do a bit of work on socials and then i'm like randomly liking posts and i'm like what am i doing <laughs> Gone down a work? rabbit hole <laughs> rabbit hole of yeah i don't know like everyone does i'm sure i'm i'm in the majority of that um zoom meetings and then more zoom meetings and then other zoom meetings and a, mm -hmm. a to-do list that's like 10 pages long and then it's you have another zoom meeting and then it's 15 pages long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i jest but it's there is so much to do and it's um what we're doing at the moment is reaching just reaching out to so many people who've been really interested to get involved mm -hmm. and it's almost like we haven't had the time yet to catch up with them and say okay you want to be involved let's let's do something together so that's what we're doing at the moment leading up to a sort of big moment in April when we're, we're all going to get together as an industry and say, look, we're going to make positive steps forward. This yeah. is positive. We can get really positive things out of the solutions of climate change. There's so many ways in that can benefit everyone, cleaner air, better jobs, more jobs, green jobs, just more peaceful living. You know, it's just, mm. I don't know, I'm going off into one there, but yeah, so that's what we're working on at the moment, but it's, it is a bit, you have to have a lot of different heads on because one minute you're designing the website, the next minute you're speaking on a panel to, I don't know, Colombia or Chile or somewhere. And the next minute you're 
trying to work out how to insure yourself as a charity and the next it's yeah. so many different things but it's yeah it's challenging yeah and teaching yourself like you, you formed it you you went ahead and sort of pursued your innate feeling that you needed to do something and then mm. it was like we're gonna have to figure out how to do this as we go along right it's sort of a diy spirit to what you do as well would you agree with that yeah completely completely and um and as I said, I was mentioning Extinction Rebellion earlier, but we, we are completely separate from them. So we set up as a completely separate thing. So we had to write our own rules, really, and write our own, get our own working methods. And then along comes the great pandemic and makes everything even more complicated once again. So it's, yeah, a lot of it's been working out how we work and, and all of that stuff. What are the most common types of conversation that you have with people who have signed up to be part of Music Declares Emergency? What sort of things do they want to know from you when, when you first make contact? I think what's interesting is that everyone wants to know what to do. Mm. And they want a list yeah. <laughs> of things <laughs> to do, which there which there are but we in fact we have on our website. So if anyone wants those lists, you can go to our website musicdeclares.net and see on the actions page um yeah it's it's wanting a simple to-do list i think one of the tricky things is, is that there isn't quite a simple to-do list that it's not a one-size-fits-all solution so it's um it's it's a different the it's a music industry is huge as well so it's going to be very different things mm. if you're a, a promoter or if you're an artist or if you're a um, record label but we do have a few things that everyone can do including mm. fans including anyone listening to this and um, one of which is look at where your money is because money fuels the whole fossil fuel industry which fuels climate change and where your money is your money's probably going into funding the fossil fuel industry if you're one of the with one of the major high street banks mm -hmm. and that's including if you've got debt even if your money's in minus figures it's still money to the banks so it's looking at that there's this amazing um group we work with called switch it and they okay. you can go switch it dot money is the url and you go on there and it just tells you you type in what bank you're using and it's just tells you how well it scores and gives you options of who to switch to 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 make that better anyone can do that and if you're a mm. company even better because it's more money you know and if you are a tiny artist big artist it's on mass if everyone started switching their banks away from ones that fund the fossil fuel industry and then that's that's good. That's good buying. Good night for the fossil fuel industry, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, totally. um, yeah, switching your energy supplier. Green energy is sort of the same price as regular energy now, so more or less. So that's that's another thing you can do. And then yeah, just continue to speak up and speak out. Put pressure on the government. We've got COP twenty six coming up, which is the UN's climate conference, um, mm -hmm. where everyone, all the countries get together and decide what the fuck they're going to do about yeah, climate totally. basically what's the strategy yeah what's the strategy yeah and if that happens and no one's paying attention it's a bit like how okay i've got this thing when you're brushing your teeth and you're by yourself and no one's watching you just brush your teeth for like whatever but if you're brushing your teeth and someone else is there then you start thinking about how long you're brushing them for and then <laughs> you kind of brush them for a bit longer because you're like oh i how long am I supposed to brush them for? And then you're looking at them going, have you stopped brushing them yet? I don't know. Uh, well, and you start overthinking it and you end up brushing your teeth for ages. Okay, this is my analogy. If all of this stuff happens and no one's watching, then governments and whatever, it's like they can take the path of least resistance and nothing mm -hmm. can get done. If the whole world is watching, saying, what are you doing? Our children, our lives depend on this. Our children's lives depend on this. The future of cats and kittens and butterflies depends on this then you know you're more likely to get a good outcome it's just it's just how it is so it's putting huge public pressure on those pivotal moments where where change can really happen definitely it's a great way of mm. thinking about it toothbrushing yeah i always come back to toothbrushing <laughs> um presumably from where you're you're kind of sat with Music Declares Emergency, you feel like there's a, a groundswell of action happening within the music community. Mm. So I was interested to know, um, who are your sort of climate heroes within music? Who are the people that are, who both have a passion and, and, and are active in climate, but also in the music world? Who are the people that you, you, you look out there and say, I, I'm inspired by you, I think you're doing great work? Mm, good question. Well, I think Anoni is incredible for writing the best climate song of all time four degrees yeah 
Who else? I mean, in 1975, I really, really respect the way they got together with Greta, used their platform to give her a platform. It was a massive, large-scale pass the mic, but their music underneath, it was really great as well. And um, them with, with Jamie, their manager, they're taking just really, putting a lot of effort into making their gigs and events greener and people carving the way like that really makes it easier for the next person who wants to do it, basically. It's really hard for the first person who wants to do a carbon-neutral gig. Then, you know, next time, you know the ways of doing it already there so that's they're great i mean massive attack are doing work and i'm sure there's loads of others i haven't thought of who are doing work in that space as well and you talked a bit earlier about your moment of having that climate anxiety reading up about the issue finding out more and feeling conflicted with your the fact that you, you know, you're internationally touring with with savages mm. for anybody listening to this who's a musician who maybe feel is going through that moment of anxiety with that kind of Mm. thing how did you come to kind of to level with that and kind of reason it and still feel positive and try and move forward well i i did that classic thing of like oh this doesn't count because i'm bringing joy to the masses (laughs) (laughs) which is like this enormous hubris really it's just like well my footprint doesn't count because i'm doing a good thing and i'm doing my interviews and i'm doing this so it's in a way it was kind of just partly denial I'm not even going to sit here and say I dealt with it in a particularly good way also I tried to have conversations with the team about routing our tours more effectively but I you need to kind of think about that way before your tour gets booked you can't do that sort of a week before the tour starts so um yeah I I don't know I think during that touring time it it was just like a me grappling around to kind of make sense of it and this you know sometimes it came up of like do you want to fly from a to b or do you want to sit in the van for two days and just remember sitting there thinking about it going "Ah, i don't know like trying to make (laughs) you know what the right decision is but then your mind kind of makes all those arguments yeah but you know the van has a big carbon footprint anyway and Mm. you know it's it is kind of baffling Uh, what i'd say to other musicians is don't feel guilty i mean there's no use feeling guilty there's no use feeling you're not a bad person because you're a musician and the job involves flying it's just that's just how it is it's a system you're part of it and you're doing a lovely beautiful job as part of it just think it's about awareness and and action just sort of taking that action next time you book a tour think you know speak to your agent ahead of time and say i i don't want to do this crazy zigzag flying all over the world thing if, if that's what your priority is and um yeah, and there's all sorts of other ways as well. It's not just your carbon footprint from flying. There's there's all sorts of other things. You can speak to your fans and say, please get public transport to the show or do a show. make sure you do a show in the city where there's loads of public transport anyway and not much parking because all of those emissions from every single person driving to the show is going to add up to more than your flight anyway. But yeah, there's loads of things you can do, but I reckon the key thing is just do them. And don't feel guilty, you know, do the take a positive step and just chuck your guilt in the bin. There's no point having it. <laughs> it's not useful. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. time spent feeling guilty is time spent not doing something proactive, I guess. Yeah. And the more proactive things you do, even if they're little and, and step by step, but it's like the more you do, the less guilty and anxious you're going to feel about it anyway. So it's kind of, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Final couple of things. Um mm. We're in spring 2021. The pandemic has obviously changed so much the last 12 months. Um, No doubt completely uprooted various plans that you had with Music Declares Emergency, probably Mm. most of which was, you know, involved getting people together physically that obviously Mm. we haven't been able to do. So I guess I'm interested to know broadly what you're hoping to achieve with Music Declares Emergency this year. And is it about trying to wrestle back some of that momentum that, we've talked about here that really felt like there was there in 2019 going into 2020 Mm. what's the priority I guess I'm asking the priority as as I was saying before is just really to basically people know now you don't need to get the message out that climate change is happening people know it's like we we all get it it's like I can't even watch David Attenborough programs anymore I'm like okay (laughs) enough I I get it can Mm. I go back to learning about ants (laughs) (laughs) sorry not to criticize him he's a god but it's not that i think what's important now is letting people know they're not alone you Mm. know most people want action on climate so you wouldn't necessarily look at your neighbor across the road and think oh they're really 
anxious about climate they want action you people don't sort of really it's like we're almost sort of kept in these little bubbles apart from each other so that we don't really know what each other's thinking or or something and it's it is what everyone's thinking it is and it's just like about creating that positive feeling of like okay we all want to change we can change that's what it is about that's the message that we want to spread and that again it's ahead of there's a g7 there's cop there's these pivotal moments where big decision makers make big decisions and that's what we want to affect but also you know people's everyday experience and how coming together over this is actually a really positive thing it doesn't mean cutting loads of stuff out of your life it's it can just be really a positive experience yeah and, and finally anyone listening to this be it um maybe you're a music fan maybe you're a climate activist maybe you're neither and you're just inquisitive and you want to learn more but i'm interested to know or, or or tell me a bit about the personal benefits of being involved in climate action on things like the feeling of purpose and fulfillment and well-being because you, you, you know you talked we use the expression sort of uh, apocalypse and you know we're fucked and we're going to shit <laughs> throughout this interview throughout this conversation but I know that you feel positive about some of the things that you're seeing happening out there so mm. yeah how, do, how, how has it made you more of a sort of um yeah a fulfilled person to basically have a life that's filled with music and with climate action um if I was to say yes, I'd sound really complacent. But I mean, there's, there isn't as much music in my life as I'd like at the moment. It's ma- mm. mainly Zoom meetings. But <laughs> yeah, it's... What are you going to do? I mean, this is the era we live in. This is, this is the big fight of our era. It's like all of our films, all of our stories we tell ourselves over the years and years are about some big thing that had to be overcome and the people who overcame it and the journey they went on and it was tough and it got a bit tougher and then really near the end it got even tougher and then it was all fixed and it was a happy ending which you know it's very Hollywood but all of our stories are about struggle and overcoming it and this is the big one of our era so if you want to be involved in that big story of our era then get involved in it because that's the main thing also or something other kinds of you know other kinds of activism as well they all come together with a different sort of strands of getting past this very anxious difficult time in our existence and getting to a place that I think we all know is possible on the other side where things are just a bit easier and a bit fairer and a bit cleaner and a bit healthier so yeah be part of the narrative man Thanks so much for that, Faye. Um, it's really nice to hear from you. Um, is it nice to be back on this side of the microphone now as co-host? Or did you enjoy that as well? It is. Phew. I'm not in the spotlight anymore. <laughs> well, what can I say? I, I do love talking. So, um, yeah, I love the interview. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Thank you for interviewing me. And from this moment forth, I shall be an interviewer rather than an interviewee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Um, normally, what we're going to do is have a quick chat off the back of hearing from our guests. So I thought we could go through and just talk about all the things that you said. Is that okay? Or mm. um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I feel like that would be really, really cruel to analyse your interview on episode one. So we're going to leave it. But normally, um, off the back of yeah. the conversations that we're going to have with our guests, we're obviously going to talk about some of the interesting stuff that they they said. But I'm going to I'm going to spare you of that, Faye. Thank you. Thank you very much. And one thing that we want to do with all of these podcasts is leave you with some kind of recommendation. So perhaps it's something that we've read or seen or just taken on board recently that we want to share with listeners just because we thought it might be interesting and and you can go away with with something else. That's why we're calling the podcast Sounds Like a Plan so that you can go away and hopefully share some of the stuff that we've been getting into and make a plan of your own or, or whatever you're up to in kind of your own lives. Faye, is there something that you want to turn people onto here on episode? one well i'm actually going to use this opportunity for a very cheeky plug of music declares emergency because we have a big week of action and musicians in the music industry getting involved in the fight against climate change from the 19th of april through to the 25th of april so that's going to be all sorts of stuff going on so if you're interested and would like to follow that, you can follow our socials. We are at Music Declares, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on Facebook, I guess, if you search it there. And our website is musicdeclares.net. 
So um, you can sign up there if you're a musician, music industry or just a music fan. You can sign up there to our declaration if you agree with it and you want to receive updates from us. But yeah, follow the socials, then you'll get to see what's happening. And there'll be some really exciting stuff going on there throughout that week in April. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there couldn't be a better time for it. So all of April, get your eyes on uh, Music Declares Emergency. I want to recommend a another podcast, actually, because I've always found my favourite podcast recommendations have either come via other podcasts or by mm. friends. And this one is called A Matter of Degrees, which is an American podcast, and it's hosted by Leah Stokes and Catherine Wilkinson. And I only just discovered it recently, even though it was launched at the end of 2020. And one episode in particular, which pretty much reframed my entire relationship with climate action. That's quite a big statement, I know, but it is that good. Um, There's one episode called Give Up Your Climate Guilt. Um, It's episode one. So go and search for that. And it's just amazing. And it's about kind of... um, this is such a big topic that people feel um, very personally in their everyday lives and people taking action, whether that's sort of recycling in your home or something through to this enormous existential crisis that we're facing. Those <laughs> Linking those two things is really quite <laughs> difficult. And this podcast yeah. is just brilliant at weaving those two things together so that they bring them together closer, in my mind at least. So it's brilliant and helped me really understand where I should put my energy if I do actually really want to make a difference. So go and check that out. The podcast is called A Matter of degrees and the episode is called give up your climate guilt before we go Faye, before we round our episode one i am a great believer in putting positive energy out there into the universe mm. um, whether it comes all back or not i have absolutely no idea but we've got some fantastic guests lined up for this run but um if you had a dream guest that you would love to come on the podcast who would it be Wow. Okay. Well, then I'm going to say Billie Eilish. That would be amazing to have her on the podcast. Let's put that, pick up that energy and throw it out into the universe. Yeah. And a name that keeps coming back to us through some of the conversations you're going to be hearing in episodes soon is Chris Martin. I would love to have Chris Martin from Coldplay. I want to know how his investigations into sustainability are going a sort of what are we 18 months on since he said that Coldplay were going to halt touring to learn more about the subject I would love to have Chris on the podcast to talk about what he's found out Faye thank you so much for um, being our first guest on Sounds Like a Plan I can't wait to share the other episodes that we've recorded people over the next few weeks Um, and thank you to all those listening please do follow the podcast you can um, rate and review and comment and all those things and do get in touch with us on Instagram as I mentioned earlier But uh, thanks for listening and we will see you next time on Sounds Like a Plan. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We've posted links to some of the things we mentioned, including our recommendations in the show notes. That'll be just below wherever you're listening to this. Sounds Like a Plan is a new allotment production. You can find more information about them at newallotment.com. This episode was produced and co-hosted by me, Greg Cochran. My co-host is Faye Milton and the podcast was edited by Emma Snook. Co-production and artwork is by Stuart Stubbs. Music by lightandthunder.com. Please do follow us wherever you're listening to this. Do leave a review. We read all of your comments. And until next time, thank you for listening.